Hello and welcome to Close Talking, the world's most popular poetry analysis podcast from Cardboard Box Productions Incorporated. I am co-host Jack Rossiter-Munley, and with my good friend Connor McNamara-Stratton, we read a poem, talk about the poem, and read the poem again. Before we get into today's selection, a quick note that if you like what we do here at Close Talking and have a spare minute of your time, it would mean the world to us if you would give the podcast a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Those ratings and reviews help boost us up the algorithm and find new listeners. And if you have suggestions for future episodes or comments on this one, you can send us an email at closetalkingpoetry at gmail.com. And you can also find us on social media. On Twitter, the show is at Close Talking. I am at Jack Rossiter Munn, and Connor is at Connor M. Stratton. On Instagram, the show is at Close Talking Poetry, and on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash close talking. We also have a website, closetalking.com, where you can find all the past episodes of the show, and Cardboard Box Productions has just launched a newsletter, Unboxed, and if you go to cardboardboxproductionsinc.com, you can subscribe for more behind-the-scenes stuff on Close Talking and all of the other literary and cultural history podcasts that Cardboard Box Productions makes. On with the show. Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of Close Talking. I am one of your co-hosts, Connor McNamara-Stratton. And I am your other co-host, Jack Rossiter-Munley. And, oh my God, bring the drama. What's up with line breaks? (laughs) It's day two of our line break extravaganza. Tell me all about it, Connor. Oh, my God. Well, it's day two. We left you on a big cliffhanger of day one. Might even call it a dramatic cliffhanger. It was dramatic. And now we're talking about drama. Now we're talking about drama, like Johnny Drama from Entourage. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's a drama. Am I right? Oh, those boys. I've never seen an episode of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're they're just always getting into showbiz scrapes. I could tell you a very embarrassing thing about myself that I probably have already told you. Is it that you've um, seen every episode of Entourage and love it? Well, I don't love it in the present tense. It's the winter of 2010. Connor's a mm. freshman in college. He mm. is in a play. He's in a drama. He's in a Shakespeare play. College Connor. Connor. Tittering at no Latin friends. jokes and president. Yeah. Okay. Connor will make friends, right? Right. Connor's made he's a, a, he's a cool friends. dude. He's a cool guy and folks want to hang out with him. Makes sense. Well, that's still up for debate. But in the week when Connor has no friends mm. after rehearsal, Connor also happens to have DVDs of seasons one through six of Entourage. I get the DVDs hilariously later when I intern for International Creative Management, ICM, and they get this, they give this hotshot HBO guy comes in and talks to us and he's all tan and from LA and he's like, HBO is great. And then the one woman of color who's actually works at ICM is like, why do none of your shows feature uh, characters of color? And he's like, whoa, whoa, we're working on that. He gives all the guys entourage and all the women sex in the city. Fuck off. I didn't even need them because I 
had seen them. I went to the store. I bought a liter of ginger ale and a large bag of barbecue lays. And I sat in my dorm room and I watched probably basically a season of Entourage a day for the week. And then I watched all of Entourage in a week. And honestly, it was a total highlight. Nice. Uh, and then later, I sort of reflected on the content of what I had seen and decided it was fairly appalling and uh, otherwise trivial. I but, only know of it through references. Um, yeah. And also, when funny. I started working at a law firm, they called me Vinny Chase. Because <laughs> <laughs> I kind of looked like the guy from Entourage. <laughs> So how are um, anyway, we bringing the Johnny drama to these line breaks, Connor? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Well, think of it this way. Think of it. Think of it in the dramatic form. Okay. okay? We have a poem. We have a drama. Hmm. We have line breaks. We have act breaks. Hmm. It's not all quite the same, but say in a drama, you have your conflict and it's moving along. The stakes are rising. Um, Hamlet's mad. He's alone. His dad's a ghost. Um, all the normal he... stuff that makes princes mad. Exactly. And say you have a turning point. Maybe someone gets killed. These are moments when the drama, the dramatic action, whatever um are you know they're moving in a new direction they're changing the conflict they're resolving some tensions but adding new ones or different things like that um and they're a way that we kind of also register uh you know as as viewers or readers or audience members um it it the the drama is 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 the way we are engaged sort of in the story it's both the the content, what's happening, but it's also like it's the conflict is engaging. It's like how we are enwrapped and absorbed. And so in the ways that we uh, are moved, it's like changing our attention in that way and changing our engagement. These things are happening in narratives. And so I think one, one kind of big way, it's like it doesn't always work exactly the same way. Um, but I think line breaks and the ways that lines are sort of shaped are a way that there's a kind of drama built and developed and shifted in poems as well. Um, Definitely. Well, I think, yeah. So, there, yeah, because there's kind of like there's the content of the poem that shifts on its own, like what it's saying, which is in conversation with the line break, but on the formal level, the drama of the poem kind of lives in the line break. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I have kind of an example Ooh. that, yeah, I think it's interesting because I, yeah, I'm curious what you think about it um, by a poet that we've, we've done um, actually an episode about um, the poet is Tacey, M at city uh, and we did snake white owl white I think it was episode 110 um, and she has another really great poem um, 
and she is she is uh, Dine, and she's from uh, Cove, Arizona. Um, and her first book is Rain Scald, which is really good, and I recommend it. Um, this one is is called this poem um, is called Anasazi. Anasazi by Tacy M. Etsidi. How can we die when we're already prone to leaving the table mid-meal, like ancient ones gone to breathe elsewhere? Salt sits still, but pepper's gone rolled off in a rush. We've practiced dying for a long time, when we skip dance or town, when we chew. We've rounded out like dining room walls in a canyon, eaten through by wind. Sorry we rushed off, the food wasn't ours. Sorry the grease sits white on our plates and the jam that didn't set. Use it as syrup to cover every theory of us. Wow. Yeah, it's a really, yeah, I love it as a poem. Yeah, so it's 12 lines. The first sentence, and and I often, especially when I'm thinking about like, larger kinds of things like like drama in a poem or something like that and maybe drama is not always the best word for it but for me it's helpful um is like thinking about what's the what's the relationship between uh like the line and the sentence or the line and the phrase or like you know the kind of the you know the written and the spoken these kinds of things um, so our first sentence in this poem is like, goes on to the fourth line, right? How can we die when we're already prone to leaving the table mid meal, like ancient ones gone to breathe elsewhere. Um, and then we have sort of a short, relatively short sentence, salt sits still, but pepper's gone, rolled off in a rush. Um, and that one's like maybe slightly more than one line. It goes on to two, but it's sort of in the middle. Um, and then we have like, we've practiced dying for a long time, colon, when we skip dance or town, when we chew. So that one's like a little, it's like on three different lines. Um, but it's like in total about like two lines, if that makes sense. Um, and it's also kind of like two different sentence, like you know, it's like we practice dying for a long time, colon, and that's sort of like its own complete thought in a way. Um, and then we have, we've rounded out like dining room walls in a canyon eaten through by wind, which as a side note, I just love uh, that image is so amazing. And like the process of forming a canyon and, and forming like, um, just those, yeah, those canyon walls that that are eroded literally. Um, but then like thinking about it as eaten through by wind. And then in the context of of like the larger poem that's about eating and food in some ways. I mean, not about about, but there's like anyway. And then we have like, sorry, we rushed off, the food wasn't ours. So it's like kind of it's actually kind of part of the same sentence, but it's this sort of interjection, which is interesting too. Um, and then we get a kind of repetition of the sorry, sorry, the grease sits white on our plates and the jam that didn't set. Um, and then the last line 
it's part of that previous sentence about the grease um but it's like use it as syrup to cover every theory of us um and so to me like in terms of drama like what i'm sort of thinking about is like there's there's a lot going on in this poem and and i don't have the like we can't sort of get into all of the nuance which which i would love to, <laughs> to do um but there's a very basic kind of idea of this like um you know how can we die when we're already prone to leaving the table mid-meal like ancient ones gone to breathe elsewhere and there's this kind of like the we is um either like indigenous peoples broadly or maybe dine peoples or something um and it's this kind of reflecting on this kind of you know post like indigenous genocide and like in in being here but then being absent and this kind of um like unreality and then sort of confronting this you know by the end we have like you know uh, use it as a kind of imperative to a reader or a, a person on the outside who in some ways you get the sense is, is not, is like a, you know, a settler or something like that. Um, and anyway, which I just bring up to kind of lay the stage for the drama, which is, it's this kind of, um, the poem is sort of thinking through this sort of dilemma of kind of how can we die when we've already died or like we've been practicing dying and we've been killed and we're still here, but we're leaving or all these things. Um, and there's a kind of inherent dramatic tension to like that idea basically. Um, and so the way that like, two ways that the lines are kind of, I think, working in some ways in a dramatic way is the beginning is like this long sentence that is um, broken up, basically. Um, and it's this kind of rush, um, you know, and then there's like other sentences in a, and not to get into all of it. But then at the very end, we have use it as syrup to cover every theory of us. Um, and this is kind of, I think, the only moment in the poem where kind of like the complete thought of the kind of sentence structure in a way, like use it as syrup to cover every theory of us is also the same length as the line. Um, so like, it, and in contrast, you know, just to make it clear, because it's kind of hard when you can't see it, but like the very first sentence is over three lines. How can we die when we're already prone to leaving the table mid meal, like ancient ones gone to breathe elsewhere? Like that's one, that's one thought, but it's spanning multiple lines. Whereas the thought use it as syrup to cover every theory of us is, is perfectly fitting on that very last line. And to me, there's a kind of um, one way to think of it and it's also like a very, like, it's not like a fuck off, but it's kind of like there's a assuredness and a confidence and a knowledge 
that has been kind of aligned in a dramatic way, I think that kind of hits you at the end. And to me, there's a way that the line breaks are working leading up to that in a dramatic way where there's always a, a different, there's, there's shifting um, imbalances between the line breaks and the lines and the ideas and the thoughts, if that makes sense, for this dramatic kind of punch at the end, um, which is because it's kind of like, like, shut up, basically, you have all these ideas about who we are. Anyway, so that that's kind of just like, yeah, it's it's sort of a, a more complicated example. But that's kind of when I think about drama in a poem, I'm just like, you know, and it, it, in the same way that like um, at the end of a play, it's like <laughs> maybe it's a tragedy, everyone's dead, or maybe it's a comedy, everyone's married. It's like everything has, is aligned, right, in a way. Um, and that the all of the movements throughout the dramatic parts of the play have been kind of like a you know, shifting like a Rubik's cube of narrative to get to the final alignment. And then that's kind of like this poem, I think, is is using the line breaks and the line to kind of do the same kind of thing, basically. Yeah, it ratchets up the the dramatic tension, the kind of the same way that all of the events in a play or a movie or, or, you know, even a novel are kind of building towards their conclusion you're you're so right especially that first line how can we die when we're already already what it's <laughs> not just that there's a question in the line with how can we die when we're already it's like the implicit question because the line break is like when we're already what already dead already gone already already what oh prone to leaving the table mid-meal like ancient ones gone to breathe elsewhere um yeah i think it's it's really really effective because you're so right you can pick any single line except for the last one and you're either coming in kind of halfway through an idea or you're leaving before it's resolved and it really does work effectively and you know we we talk a little bit about how all of this kind of serves the whole but going off of the title anasazi and mentioned to ancient ones which is the translation of the name uh some translated as ancient enemy and there's a whole debate about the use of it it's the whole thing but like for most of the history of the people they did not live in the cliff dwellings for which they're best known they actually just like lived in the canyons but under what is believed to be threat they moved to these cave dwellings that have now become this kind of like syrup that covers the theory of the reality of their existence like they are reduced to cave dwellings so all of the line break drama that then builds to this resolution also mirrors, I think, a history that is being echoed and, and brought in and, uh, you know, using the kind of story of the, the, the overnight disappearance. They're seemingly like all of a sudden becoming a cliff dwelling people and whatever. It's like, oh, why did this happen? We don't know what's going on. It's like they, mm. they ran off and then they disappeared from their cliff dwellings. Now they're just gone. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> has been like a narrative around that for <laughs> for a while. Um, and I feel like this, the way that the line breaks build the drama also kind of builds thematically off of the, the title in a really compelling way that 
you know, the history also kind of adds to that tension and drama as you're reading through it, because there is all of this different disappearance imagery and also kind of in another way, growth imagery, we've rounded out that makes it feel like you're getting bigger, like dining room walls in a canyon eaten through by sand, like the bricks are getting rounded out, but also the vision of the sand that blows and makes the sandstone canyons grow wider, like it becomes expansive in a way. Um, and the line breaks kind of allow for that because again, you're like constantly being left with questions at the end of each one that resolve later on in these, you know, flowing sentences that keep you going until it like slams down at the end big drama big drama johnny drama bring in the drama <laughs> yeah no absolutely um no thank you for for bringing in that that context that's really important yeah and that's um well that's drama for you um yeah and it's just it's it's just one way i think part of hopefully the, the kind of um, hopefully by the end of this week, I think one thing that's interesting, but also hard sometimes about the idea of the line breaks and how they work is like, they're so kind of fundamental to a lot of poetry and they, that they do like a million things. So um, this is just one thing that they do sometimes. Um, and yeah. And so hopefully this week of, of here's this here's that it, it'll kind of open up the the possibilities a little bit um yeah definitely and they're often doing multiple things at once they might be building drama they might be miming which we'll be talking about tomorrow they might be bringing in emphasis which we'll be talking about as well or rhythm we're going we're gonna to cover all of it, but yeah, I will be talking about and using examples, talking about one specific thing, but obviously even those lines are doing other things at the same time. It's exciting. It's cool. It's the line. It's the line break. We're doing it all right here on Close Talking. And yes, yet again, we're not going to let this be dramatic or unresolved. You can come back tomorrow for even more of Line Break Week. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is co-host Jack Rossner Munley. Just reminding you that there are a ton of ways that you can get in touch with us, and we love to hear from you. You can send us an email at closetalkingpoetry at gmail.com, or the show and Connor and myself are all on Twitter. That's another great way to connect. I am at Jack Rossiter Munn. Connor is at Connor M. Stratton, and the show is at Close Talking. You can also find us on Instagram at Close Talking Poetry or on Facebook at facebook.com slash close talking. See you next time.